Introducing the Makeup Artist Chronicle. Welcome to a new episode of the Makeup Artist Chronicle, or as I call it, the MUA Chronicle podcast. I'm your host, Julia Lubin, former model turned makeup artist and beauty writer. I love to talk about everything pop culture, beauty, and fashion, and my goal is to demystify the industry for you. So without further ado, let's start the top of the show off with a little pop culture before we transition into beauty and tech, beauty trends, skincare trends, and answer some questions at the tail end of the episode. Let's get started. Everywhere I go, on a show see me on the screen they want to be like me cut up jeans kicks it clean roll up to the spot they say to me give me some of that fire so when it comes to pop culture there is something that everyone is obsessed with these days It is the show on Netflix, Love is Blind. Have you guys seen this show? This show is essentially, um, I don't want to say it's like The Bachelor, but it's a dating reality TV show. I avoid The Bachelor and Bachelorette franchise at all costs. It's not my cup of tea. I find something highly unrelatable and unbelievable about 20-something-year-olds searching for marriage, like 20, 21-year-olds searching for marriage. Um, but I also live in the school of thought of don't knock it until you try it. And so all of my friends and colleagues and everyone is so obsessed with this show, Love is Blind. And I said, okay, I'm going to watch an episode or two. I need to give it a proper chance before I tell my friends that they're just legit morons. Lovingly, of course, lovingly. So I started to watch it and would you know it, I got totally and completely hooked on this show, um, which is very much unlike me because I am a cynic and I am a huge eye roller when it comes to anything romantic, when it comes to anything reality. Well, the reality dating shows, because I love me a little like housewife Kardashian situations, but the whole like reality dating, I'm like, no, no, thank you. But this show it set me for a loop. So if you don't know the premise, essentially men and women live in this compound for lack of a better word, where they can't see the opposite sex. So the women live on one side, the men live on the other side. They see each other on these one-on-one dates in pods. So essentially they enter this room with like a couch and on the other side is a man or woman and they have a date, but they can't see each other. There's like a divider in between. They can't even see each other's shadows. They can't see the height, the shape, nothing. Spoiler alert, all of these people are relatively good looking. Like they're good looking enough apparently to be on some TV dating reality show, whatever that means. But so they start dating, they see, they don't see each other. Actually, they don't see each other at all. Um, but they get to know each other. It's to test the theory that love is really blind. And then the guy proposes to the girl, the girl says, 
yes or no. If she says yes, then they finally get a chance to meet each other. And this is dramatic thing where the doors open on the opposite sides of this long hallway. They run to each other. They put a ring on it, et cetera, et cetera. Obviously you can tell that this isn't my favorite part, but you know, all like first dates or second or third dates are kind of cringy. It's true. I mean, whatever, but then we get to the point where after the proposal, they send them on like a little mini honeymoon. They go to Cancun, which is a whole other bucket of worms that I am not going to get into. Um, but Hey, all expenses paid resort in Cancun, send them there. They have a mini moon. They basically see if the sexual and physical attraction is there. Um, much like the like intellectual relationship kind of attraction was there when they couldn't see each other. After that, they move into an apartment complex. The couples that are left that have made it up to this point move into an apartment complex. Each couple lives in their apartment together for the first time as an engaged couple. And then they have a span of three weeks to introduce each other to their parents and their families and their friends and um, plan the wedding and do all the things. And then it culminates in ultimately a wedding ceremony where their friends and family are there. And at the wedding ceremony, it's kind of like their last chance to back out. So you see who makes it. And I find the part of when they go back into the real world exciting to watch because they get their cell phones back. So they have access to social media and like a couple of the girls were content creators. So, you know, they're living on Instagram and it was just interesting to see how the outside world could really affect people's behaviors and people's perceptions and their relationships. And I just want to say there are definitely a few chicks that are loca. Two girls in particular, they're both blonde. You put the pieces together. They, it was very uncomfortable for me to watch these girls make decisions and behave in a way that I myself behaved when I was in my twenties. And I just want to say, if any of my ex-boyfriends are listening, I am so deeply, deeply sorry for the psychotic behavior that you were privy to when we were together. Um, watching that on Love is Blind really, it was like looking into a mirror. Luckily, I'm in a beautiful, stable relationship right now where I am perhaps a little less crazy than times prior, but I don't know. We'll have to have him sound off. Maybe he'll be a guest on, on this pod at one point. Um, but, uh, you guys need to DM me cause I want to know who you love and who you hate and your opinions. Mark, I feel so bad for Mark. He's so emotionally intelligent and mature and thoughtful and sweet. And he tries so hard, but he can do so much better and he needs someone that treats him with respect. And I'm, I just was watching him and I was like crying for him. Um, so yeah, that's, that's my opinion on that. Now here's my pitch for you guys at Netflix at the love is blind production team. Um, I don't care about their jobs. I don't care. A scientist that's so vague content creator, also vague. No one wants to know their jobs. Instead, you should be putting their astrological signs, put their star signs. Okay. Cause I need to know who's an Aries. I need to know who's a Scorpio. This is very vital information. 
And I think the viewers will be much more appreciative of this information than of their like pseudo careers that they probably aren't going to be coming back to after taking like a two or three month sabbatical to shoot this reality show anyway. So that's my opinion on that. I think they should definitely use their astrological science instead. Um, but yeah, no, I am hooked. I am addicted. I am here for it. I love it. Um, that's, that's where I stand with love is blind, but I need you guys to let me know your thoughts. So DM me about that. And then who am I rooting for? I am rooting for, I don't know if, if they have their makeup done on the show or if they do it themselves, but I'm rooting for eyelash, false eyelash application that isn't going to make me want to slam my head into the TV because their eyelashes look so janky. I'm sorry. I had to say it. I have a tutorial on, <laughs> I have a tutorial on applying and removing false eyelashes. So check that out for some tips. Love is blind cast. Go for it. You'll learn a few things. I'm sure. As for other content, what else do we have in the pipeline? Um, I did a, oh, I got all the latest stuff from Pat McGrath, the new, 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 new stuff from Pat McGrath. I got um, the concealer, the under eye setting powder and the brush. So I'm going to do a video demo slash review of that. And then I also did a clean beauty look. So if you aren't tired yet of me talking about going to the Credo Clean Beauty Summit, I did, I got a ton of really fun products from it. A lot of them were makeup products. So I just lumped them all together and made a look. It will be up on the YouTube this week. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, makeup artist Chronicle on YouTube, check it out. It's going to be awesome. And since we're talking about clean beauty, I think that's just a natural transition into beauty trends and things to be weary of in the industry. So let's, let's go ahead and segue into that, shall we? This past week, it was beauty week in San Francisco, and I was asked to speak on a panel with a few other female founders to talk about the future of beauty in terms of technology, branding, marketing, influencers, things like that. It was a really fun conversation, a fun um environment. We did it at the Shopify space in San Francisco, and it was just a great turnout. Thank you to everyone who came. One of the questions that was asked from the audience was, you know, CBD in beauty and what our thoughts were on that. I think CBD beauty is having a bit of a moment. Now, CBD is cannabinoid oil. It is the non-psychoactive part of the hemp plant. Um, so essentially, it has a lot of anti-inflammatory properties, a lot of soothing properties. It first made its way onto the scene as a topical agent in um, body lotions that people, usually athletes, would use on sore joints or muscle aches to kind of soothe that. And since then, it has transitioned into skincare. It's in a lot of face oils and serums and lip balms. And I did a whole piece writing about its prominence in products and some of the products out there that, or some of the brands out there that are making products for it. 
Here's my opinion on CBD beauty. I think it's so new. It's very on trend right now. Um, you know, there's a lot of marijuana legislation, a lot of, um, things that are coming into the forefront, but with CBD, it, this is something that when you put it into a serum or face oil, it's getting absorbed into your skin and ultimately into your bloodstream. Now, because it doesn't have any of the psychoactive properties of THC, that's quite all right. But what I did find is that for me personally, I tested out a bunch of different face serums that had CBD in it. And some of them really made me feel very tired, very foggy minded, very, um, it did not soothe or anti-inflame my skin so much as it just conked me out and made me feel a little bit like a zombie. Now I tried different, um, different amounts and I also tried different brands. And what I found is that Yes, CBD is a trend right now. There are some brands that are doing it really well that are nailing it. Those brands are a little bit on the pricier side. But the thing about it is that because it's such a new ingredient in skincare, there is a difference between companies that are practicing integrity in using this ingredient in their skincare and companies that are just looking to make a quick buck. And so there is really no way to track or, or regulate or check the quality of the ingredients that brands are using. And this is across the board. This is all products, right? There really is in America, no regulation around the quality of products that we're using and what that means for our bodies and our, you know, biology or anatomy. What that translates into is companies that are looking to make a quick buck that are knocking off brands with integrity, that are knocking off um, brands that are doing the most and doing their due diligence. And these knockoff brands are putting less quality ingredients of a lesser quality, or they're putting in ingredients of a good quality, but they're putting in low amounts. And they're putting in a bunch of other fillers, right? Because that's how they can make their products cheaper is just load it with a bunch of fillers and go easy on the actives. And so for me, I'm going to tell you the same thing I tell you always, be educated, do your research, find brands that you trust, find products that you trust, and be hesitant about companies that are giving you a discount that are, you know, those Instagram ads for free samples. Just be mindful that this is a market and this is a trend that's really big right now. And so companies are going to try to cash in on it. So do your research, find the companies that have the most integrity, the ones that are doing the research themselves of the ingredients they're using and trust those companies and buy from those companies. Also be mindful of how much you use because using too much CBD 
in your skincare will result in you feeling maybe groggy or tired. It's similar as ingesting too much CBD. It kind of really just mellows out your system. And if used with the right amounts, it can help with anxiety um, or pain. But if used too much, it can kind of just make you really sleepy and, and make it hard for you to drive a car or operate machinery. So just be mindful of that. Try it in a controlled environment first. But I think what we can extrapolate from this is a moral that you know, there are, there isn't regulation around our ingredients in Europe. There are over a thousand ingredients that are banned because there has been research put into those ingredients to make sure they are either safe or not. And if they are not safe for public consumption or public usage, then the ingredients have gotten banned on a legislative level. Now in America, we don't have that. That list is our list of banned quote unquote products is maybe 10% or less of what it is in Europe. And our science is, is lagging as well. And so one of the things that I like to quote to people is parabens, right? Everyone is upset about parabens. I wrote a piece about parabens to kind of demystify them and to let you know the, the research behind them. The research is very, very limited. And the research shows correlation, not causation. So in a group of women that it was, a, it was a small group, it was less than 20 women that had breast cancer. They also, the researchers also found parabens in the tissue. And so those two things found together were then people began to assume that too many, too many parabens, usage of too many parabens will lead to breast cancer. But the reality is that there are a few parabens that have been used, that have been proven safe, that are very common and they're used as a preservative. And they have been from everything from your toothpaste to your lipstick, and they've been proven to be safe. There, is, there are a few parabens. I think there's five parabens that are banned in the EU. They are, they are deemed toxic to the body. And so they've been banned, but brands and marketing, what they'll do is they'll just lump parabens into one category and say, this doesn't have parabens. You don't have anything to be afraid of because learning the names of parabens can, the chemical names can sometimes be, be tedious for people, but I encourage you to do that. Learn the names of your ingredients, look up your ingredients, do the research, because the reality is that the few parabens that have been used that are safe are being replaced with other products that we can't guarantee the safety of. We can't guarantee they'll be safer than parabens because the brands are trying to put paraben free or free of parabens onto their packaging because of public demand. And here's the other thing. No one is required to hold these companies to any sort of standards in their formulations in America. Instead, the companies themselves have to do the research to prove that their ingredients are safe, which means that they hire their own board of people. They hire their own scientists. They hire their own review people and they do the work and then they publish the findings. Now, Here's the thing. You have to hope that that company is run with integrity and transparency because not all companies are. 
And so while you have a company that's saying clean beauty, clean beauty, free of parabens, free of sulfates, free of this, free of that, well, what are they putting instead? What are they using in those formulations instead? And also who is checking them? Once you find a company that you trust them, you know, they have integrity, of course, you know, do your research and follow through with that piece, but don't buy into the hype of like clean beauty. If you see clean beauty on a label, dig deeper, find out the ingredients. Um, Credo beauty. I know I keep going on about them, but they're a, a source of, they're kind of the pioneer of clean beauty in terms of they have a review board made up of professionals that don't owe them anything. They just are clean beauty professionals, scientists, chemists, um, doctors, and they know the research and have the research and even do or currently doing the research to find out what kind of ingredients truly constitute a product in being clean. Like what, what ingredients are high toxicity, what ingredients prevent a product from being considered clean, and then what are safe alternatives that clean products can use. And so Credo has very high standards of the products that are sold in their stores and online because of this panel of specialists that have spent their lives work trying to find safe alternatives to common toxic ingredients. So all I'm saying is, Find sources that you like, find sources that you trust more so than like, and do the research. Um, There is one database. There are actually a few databases online that will give you, you plug in an ingredient and then it tells you how toxic it is to you. That, those sources are not unbiased either. That's not to say that they have a system of checks and balances either right? They need to make money somehow too. They're not doing it out of the goodness of their heart. I'm sorry to say. So do the research, you know, find resources, talk to your friends, talk to specialists, talk to your doctor, um, talk to your dermatologist, but keep an open mind, keep an open mind and, and keep a, a spec, a skeptical mind because you are ultimately someone that can make decisions for yourself and, making the right decisions falls upon each and every one of our individual selves, right? No companies are going to show up and, and kind of say, Hey, we're here for you. Cause at the end of the day, they need to make money and they need to do what they can to make money. So if there are companies that are true to their, their call of integrity, great, hang on to them. Don't let them go. Um, and then also let the rest of us know, like DM me the companies that you trust or email me the companies that you trust or the information that you've had when you've been researching clean beauty, because I would love to share it with the rest of my listeners and followers. Um, and I would love to know your experience about the clean beauty, green beauty, CBD beauty, all of the trends that are coming out right now. Um, but yeah. This is a very interesting conversation that I think will evolve in the next five to 10 years. And I'm interested to come back here to this episode and reference what we've been talking about at this moment, and then see if maybe we've made strides to evolve our beauty formulations in five or 10 years. Um, that's saying I still have this podcast in five or 10 years, which I hope I do because I love you guys. You're great. Thank you for listening. Um, 
what else? So on the panel, we talked about CBD beauty. We talked about clean beauty. We talked about, mm, we talked about beauty and tech. So because this conference or this panel was in San Francisco, this is the hub for all the tech companies, right? Google's here. Facebook is here. Tesla is here. And so many people that work in San Francisco, most likely work at startups or they're startup founders themselves. And so it was really interesting for me to see all of the people that are working in tech come out to this event and to see the intersection between tech and beauty. One of the most exciting things that I think came out of it was the idea that content and our exposure to experts shouldn't be only based on who's popular, who has the most likes, who has the most, you know, um, the most watches, the most comments, algorithmically speaking, things like that. Right. And so pulling away from like the influencers that just have blind followings, making it more of a, oh, you're a, a 31 year old white woman with hooded eyes that lives in California. Great. Well, this may be content that's relevant to you. So, um, more relevance in terms of the algorithms and the tools that we see. So I've been saying for a long time, for me, it's, I believe that there is enough space for everyone in TV, in movies, in music, in beauty, there is enough space for everyone. And we shouldn't be curating what we put out or what we make based on, you know, is there space for it? We should be instead letting people make their art, letting people put it out into the world and creating tools to help guide people to find the pieces of art, be it a TV show, a movie, a song, a tutorial that suits them and suits their needs, right? Because as entertaining as it is to watch someone put on 10 pounds of quote unquote Instagram makeup, if you're a woman in her forties that just wants a natural everyday look to wear to the office, that may not be for you. It may be entertaining to watch, but it may not necessarily help you feel fulfilled in your own desires and skills when it comes to beauty. And so I think creating tools that help people find it, guides people to find the things that are relevant to them, that are not only entertaining but also strike a chord and relate to them and help them feel included in the greater conversation of entertainment and pop culture and beauty. Um, and ultimately that I think will drive better sales for products because people will say, Oh, I'm, if I'm a 40 year old woman and my concern is skin texture or pigmentation and this 19 year old YouTuber is mostly focused on getting the perfect cat eye. Well, there's going to be a disconnect. That woman's probably not going to want to buy that eyeliner. And 
women in there that are 19 and 20 buying liquid eyeliner is not the only demographic, right? And so by guiding a woman to a skincare review from a fellow woman in the same age group, perhaps with the same skin tone or complexion that says, Hey, I tried this product. This worked for me. This is how it worked. This is me tracking my progress via vlog. Well, that product is probably going to sell better. And at the end of the day, the beauty industry is not only driven by, you know, teenagers and people in their twenties. The reality is you're going to get most of your sales from older women, women who have established themselves in their careers and have finally sat back and tried to, to treat themselves to products to make themselves feel good. That's the thing about being a woman. I'm going to crack it for you right now. All you marketing sales strategy, people of beauty brands, listen up. Women get more confident with age. Women are natural caregivers and nurturers. So they spend the entire beginning of their life worrying about what other people think. And then they transition to worrying about providing care for the people in their lives that they love the most. And then they settle into a part of their life where they're like, I'm done. I did my work. I had my anxiety about myself. I went past that. I then had my anxiety about everyone that I love around me. I've moved past that. And now I'm at the point in my life where I'm comfortable and I want to treat myself. So that those are the, the people we should never, ever, ever be cutting out of the conversations when it comes to products and purchasing. That's my piece. So you guys can take that one. You can send me a little check for, for that little bit of, um, market strategizing that I did for you. Um, you can email me or DM me so I can let you know who to write the check out to and where to send it. Okay. Thanks. Another thing that came out was, um, someone asked about products versus services. So we're seeing such an influx of products into the market. Skincare, color cosmetics, forget about it. Color cosmetics is everyone's coming out with a line. And so it becomes a little hard to differentiate. And so then you relied on the experts, right? Not only influencers and YouTubers, but also, you know, your advisors in the retail environment or makeup artists that maybe you have access to through a service like Lamb Squad, right? So it becomes more of a sense of, well, there are all of these products that are flooding the market right now, but are we creating enough services to support educating people around what products are good for them, how to use the said products, et cetera, et cetera. And my answer to that question, I leapt at answering that question because I loved it. So my answer is services, beauty services is a sleeping giant. Products, inanimate products are easier to scale. On the one hand, if you formulate something, most labs will require you to purchase a minimum amount of a few thousand of that product just to put through the formulation. So once you have it, obviously you have all of these units to sell. Great. There it is. With services, you have to hire the right people, train them, 
and then continue to invest in their success within your company. So scaling the growth of something like that is obviously going to take more time, more strategy, more investment than products. Um, and just people in general in, for a product, if you're looking at a formulation for a product, you need to switch, switch ingredients, swap ingredients, change the formulation that can happen at a faster pace than maybe helping a makeup artist with a bad attitude grow to, um, be better at customer service or backfilling their position when you need to fire them, there's a human element that comes into play. And so it may not be scaling as quickly as products, but it's a sleeping giant. And I predict that in the next five to 10 years, service-based beauty companies are going to be just as prominent as the, the makeup brands, the product brands that have made names for themselves. So keep an eye out for that. That being said, I have something that I'm working on. I have a project that I'm working on, a business project that is not necessarily content related, although it can be, um, but I can't tell you guys because it's in such starting phases that we don't even have a name for it yet. If you have good suggestions for a beauty brand, send them my way. I can't tell you quite yet if it's going to be service or product or what it'll look like, but I'm so excited. I'm meeting with some team members to figure out, um, kind of first iterations and naming it and all of that. But if you have ideas that you want to contribute to, um, send me, just DM me or email me. I want to hear what your needs are, what you feel like is missing on the market that you would love to see kind of integrated. Um, yeah, that's, I'm really excited about it, but I can't tell you more. Not yet. So I'm sorry about that, but also please be excited for me and for yourselves for when it launches. So it is the next morning. I had to take a little break. Full context. I have some new recording equipment that I'm working with. I didn't know how it would sound. I made the mistake of not testing it out. And so I recorded this whole episode and I hated the sound. It came out sounding like I was broadcasting out of a tin can. I really didn't enjoy it. So then I had to go back and mess with the settings and re-record pieces and things like that. Ultimately, I ended up scrapping that whole first few, those few first attempts. And now we're back. I like the sound of it, but it was so late last night that I had finally got to a place that I enjoyed it, that I felt myself kind of spiraling out and getting very, very heated and very spicy. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to take a break. I'm going to go clean my makeup brushes. I'm going to sleep on it. And then I'm going to come back in the morning once I've had my coffee and I will wrap the episode up. So here we are. It's the next morning. And I want to talk to you about something very close to my heart, something that I feel like so many of us go through and feel and something that I went through recently. Um, and I feel like it's the natural progression of this podcast to go from pop culture to beauty to business to now psychology. But I want to talk to you about imposter syndrome. So essentially, imposter syndrome is when you are 
completely qualified for something, but you still feel like you're not, and you feel like you don't have a right to be where you are in your life. And I was feeling this way about the panel that I had to speak at. I got invited to speak at this panel, and then I saw the other panelists, and the other panelists were older women. They were CEOs and and CMOs and all of these kind of powerhouse business leaders. And I thought, I am so underqualified for this. I am, yes, I have credentials. Yes, I've been in the business for a long time. I've seen so many different sides of it and parts of it that I absolutely can contribute to the conversation, but I still felt like any given day between being invited to speak and actually speaking, I kept checking my email freakishly. Like every few minutes I would check my email thinking I would have an email waiting for me in my inbox, rescinding my invitation to speak. Like I thought they would come back to me and say, oh yeah, never mind, you're not who we're looking for to speak at this event. And it never came. Plot twist, not plot twist, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert, it never came. Um, But for, for the four days, I had four days leading up to the panel that I just had such intense anxiety. I had kind of pressure on my chest. It felt like I had like an elephant sitting on my chest and I kept thinking, you know, what am I going to say? How am I going to behave? Is it going to be successful? Weighing out all of the potential things that could go wrong. And I had trouble sleeping. It was just a very high anxiety situation. Now for me, I have anxiety. It's something that I've struggled with for a while. And I feel it, you know, before I step onto a set for the first time for a new project, before I make an appearance like at the panel, um, anytime I sit down to record content, I have this moment of just nervousness. Um, and I just have this, this thread of anxiety that I live my life with regularly. And so it was really tough for me. And then the day of the panel, I was so freakishly calm. I was like, well, you know what? There's no turning back now. Might as well get it over with. And when I tell you that I went to the panel and I had so much fun, it was so great to really get a chance to speak to my knowledge about topics that I'm so, so, so in love with, with the beauty industry, with business, with tech, with trends, with marketing. I love all of these topics so much. And so for me to be able to talk about these things to a room full of people and interact with a room full of people, it was really great. Thank you so much for everyone who turned out for your participation, for asking questions. Those of you that hung around after the panel was over and came up to me for a little one-on-one time, thank you so much. I loved meeting all of you. It was really, really great. And I'm so thankful and grateful that I did it. Um, but then even, even right after I was still jittery and the day after I was still a little bit anxious. Um, cause I was like, okay, waiting for the other shoe to drop. And so I wanted to, to, to speak to my experience about that, to let you all in on the fact that everyone feels imposter syndrome at one point or another, and no one has it as together as they may seem or the way that their Instagram makes them seem. So when in doubt, I definitely encourage you to connect with people. You know, if you're feeling imposter syndrome or you're feeling um, any of the things that I was feeling that I've talked about, 
talk to someone, talk to someone you trust, talk to a friend, or just connect with people. And I guarantee you, once you get to know each other a little deeper, you'll know that everyone has these feelings. Everyone goes through things like this. And one of the greatest ways to face it is just head on, just head into the situation that makes you nervous, push through. If it's something that truly lights your fire, then it will do nothing but enrich your life and give you a benefit. So, you know, talk to people, let people in on your story, and then do the thing. Do the thing because you have support. Um, so I just wanted to share that. And I felt like I couldn't share it last night because I was way too hyped. Um, but I'm a little mellow now. It's the morning. I'm caffeinated. I'm about to go to the gym, which going to the gym is one of the things that really helps with my mental health. It, even if it just getting my body moving every day, even if it's like going for a walk outside, just getting the endorphins going really helps with my mental health and helps give me clarity of mind. So I encourage you to find something that really gives you that touch point with yourself every day, whether it's reading a book, whether it's going for a walk, whatever it is, it doesn't have to be intense and just carving out the time for it. Um, on that note, I think this episode has taken a wide variety of twists and turns. I kind of sat down and wung it, winged it, wanged it. That's not the right word, but I basically just kind of made it up as I went along. And so I think I ended up with quite a few different types of topics, some of them beauty related, some of them personal, some of them just ridiculous. But either way, thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing and downloading and following me on this journey. I have a few projects in the works, not only my business, um, which is a product that I'm working on that I will give you more details as it comes out or as it can be known. But I also have some editorial things lined up, some incredible projects and some really, really great people in the industry that I am collaborating with. So keep an ear out for those because they are going to be incredible and keep an eye out for the video content that's coming for me this week. Other than that, thank you for giving me your time. Thank you for listening. I will be back here again next week for a regularly scheduled programming. We're going to talk beauty. We're going to talk about the makeup artist journey. We can talk about my model journey if you want to. Send in your questions. Send in your thoughts on Love is Blind. Send in your thoughts on clean beauty. I would love to talk to each and every one of you. So just let me know your thoughts, what's going on in your mind. Hit me up on Instagram at MUA Chronicle or email me at Julia at JuliaLupin.com. I will talk to you next week. Peace and love.